seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. Video Nasty's podcast, my name's Christopher Brown. 1978, The Evil, a very generic title for a film, um, did not set the box office on fire. It was released by Roger Corman's New World Pictures, a company we've spoken about before, in May of that year, 78. It was made for $700,000, but kind of appeared and disappeared relatively quickly. However, knowing Corman, I think it's fair to say it probably made its money back. He will have made a killing somewhere along the lines anyway. To be honest, the film probably doesn't have uh, didn't have much of a chance in the first place. And the reason why I say that is that the movie itself is features a um, fairly awful name, the evil, could be called it, you know, Scary movie, terrible things, you know what I mean? People get killed in a house. Um, uh, uh, something that, uh, uh, a concept which uh, was already being done fairly, fairly regularly with films like Amityville and The Omen, in the sense that, you know, there is an evil, demonic presence lurking within the home. But that all to one side, the evil does have its fans. And it has it because, for a few reasons. One is it's, uh, it's heavy on the kills, it does what it needs to do from that front. But also an incredible cameo at the end from, of all people, Victor Bruno, who you probably know as uh, King Tut in the uh, 1960s uh, TV series version of Batman. Far more known for his uh, comedic character actor chops than playing a source of a demonic evil. Nobody ever suspected what ancient terror slept beneath the Vargas house. The story gets started about any old house that's been vacant for a while. What kind of stories? Oh, just the stories. Just old wives' tales. Look out! Terror that turns laughter into screams. Loving pets into killers. For the house belongs to the evil. Disturb not he who is here held in chains. Free, you might be dead. 
by the time you learn the truth. You can't do this! It may be too late. Joanna Pettit, Victor Blumler, The Evil, a new world picture. The film itself is quite odd. So it's a, the story is about a psychiatrist, CJ, who's played by Richard Krenner, who is in Rambo, and um, his physician wife, Caroline, who's uh, Joanna Pettit, uh, who's been in all sorts of stuff, but nicer general, shall we say, for starters. Um, they buy this... Uh, house a manor house and decide that they're going to use it as a home for a drug rehab clinic caretaker's not there though we've realized we we as an audience realized the caretaker's not there because he'd already been incinerated by um an evil uh well the the evil within the house and he'd been set fire to by uh by fairness unwilling and not believing in the demonic forces cj um brings with him a number of um, reformed uh, types who he's helped in the past. And they, as a favour to him, come in to try and renovate the house. What we then see is a degree of of evil, the evil of the house, as it were, bumping people off. So uh, we get uh, a bit of forced stripping, which might have caught the eyes of our senses. Some... um, People being electrocuted, being sunk into the mud, um, thrown from buildings, uh, and and that kind of thing. Uh, all done, incredibly low budget, but done with a degree of uh, success. And, um, you know, there's enough of these ex-students running around the home to really kind of trigger the um, the kills that you may need. And the, this is a, a degree of um, jump scares and special effects that you know probably to our modern eyes look pretty cheap. The, the electricity looks like it's being drawn onto the you know the cells of the, the image, and um, despite um, some fairly um, you know humdrum setup and, and execution, the film is successful uh, generally because it, it zips along. However, that is not the reason why people talk about the evil to this day. It's this cameo of Victor Brenner. Okay, so um, if you're willing, if you're if you're listening to this, going, should I watch this film? Uh, yes, uh, if you've not seen it before. But do not listen to any more of this podcast until you have gone away and have seen it, because. Uh, you're not gonna. Um, you're not gonna get the, the benefit for, for, from what, what I'm about to say and the, the shock of what happens. So CJ and his missus uh, find it's all kicking off. You know, swearing and wins. They're, lo- they're all trapped in the house. Usual stuff. Uh, the the demonic stuff goes in very early, so we kind of get a lot of things happening over a fairly lengthy period as they try and escape the home. Um, but in the end, he kind of, uh, CJ uh, goes into some stairs and enters into his white room. Now, this version of the story, this, this ending of the story, was, was introduced on the, on the request or the insistence of the producers. And um, now, normally you'd be like, well, that's a disgrace, isn't it? But 
it's understandable. So, what, uh, and fair enough, it does make it very recognisable, this film. Certainly more recognisable than its title did, let's put it that way. So sitting on this chair is Victor Brenner, um, King Tut from Batman, and amongst other, lots of other things, who effectively says, all right, listen, I am doing, I'm ta- killing all these people and torturing them because you are such a rationalist, you need to be taught a lesson. Um, and that's why I am. And now, you know, you're doomed, you're, 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 you're cursed, you're, you're damned, as it were. And then the ending happens and, you know, we, we, we you know, for better or worse, they're, they're, you know, well, I've said spoilers, so they, he's stabbed with a crucifix and then the, uh, the, the couple make their escape into to, to the broad daylight uh, and, and, and that's kind of the end end. So, you know, you'd certainly need to, to kind of get away from the, the concept that Satan or some demonic force anyway is trapped in the cell of a rundown mansion and guarded by a ghost because, um, you know, that doesn't make a huge amount of sense, but that's seemingly what's going on. It, and that scene, um, definitely feels almost insanely jarringly outside of A, the haunted house genre and B, the what happens in the rest of the film. See, the thing about the evil is it was entering into, not, I wouldn't say a a crowded market, but certainly a busy one. The film was, uh, you know, think of films like Burnt Offerings or The Haunting of Hell House. Um, You know, the ghost haunted house story where people get bumped off was at a point where people, there was an appetite for it, certainly think about amateur horror, but wasn't necessarily dominating the market in the way that possibly it would need to be, like a slasher film would, to kind of get to the point that this stuff works okay. And, you know, people are queuing up to go and see it. Indeed, it looks like from how um, Corman has sold it, that they do a quick release, make the cash, close up and go. Which, as we've said already before, was very much the the trend for a lot of the slasher films that we are talking about uh, at the moment. You know, get it out the weekend, get the cash, and then disperse. The film was created, uh, or directed by, um, uh, Gus Triconis, who uh, co-wrote the film with uh, somebody called Galen Thompson. Um, Triconis really is not known as a director. He began his career as an actor and dancer, most notably in West Side Stories, one of the sharks. And, you know, he was a background dancer in Elvis Presley's uh, NBC TV special, Elvis, winning the Gospel Medley. He did do some exploitation films, most notably for Roger Corman and New World Pictures. And Corman was very kind to him, saying he was, you know, one of the better um, young directors he'd worked with, which, bearing in mind, he was worked with is very kind. Um, but the films he made will probably not um, grab your attention too much, being films like The Swinging Barmaid and Supercock. Um, as you said before, Richard Krenner, of course, having the, 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 the title, and this being a kind of a low-budget kind of film, probably not that surprising that a, 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 a guy like him, who very much was best known for his TV work, including appearing guest stars and things like I Love Lucy, but then kind of... Uh, going on to direct things like The Andy Griffith Show. Um, of course, as we said, starred in these first three Rambo films and Body Heat as well. So he's kind of, you know, relatively, you know, he, you got him in, you'd be glad you got him in. 
Joanna Pettit, obviously an English actress who we've, um, you know, her her career is um, is far more notable, I suppose, appearing in Casino Royale in 1967, and um, The Knights of the Generals. Um, but, you know, her... her and a ver- huge variety of TV as well, and, you know, she, she, you will, you will recognise her if you, if you see her. But, you know, all this, you know, and bearing in mind the director didn't even want this and this stuff, you know, let's be honest, dude, the entire film kind of pivots towards this incredibly crazy scene at the end with uh, Victor Bueno, who um, has appeared in all sorts of stuff, you know, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, uh, Hush, 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 Sweet Silence, and those two Haxploitation films, um, Beneath the Planets of the Apes, and then, of course, you know, Support the Mad Butcher in 1972, and his TV roles are fairly legendary as well, as well as being a, a comic and, and, and releasing albums as, as a comedian. And you know, unfortunately, of course, he died uh, relatively young, 19, uh, at the age of 42, of a, of a heart attack um, back in uh, yeah, 1982. But uh, nonetheless, his uh, his filmography was surprisingly wide, considering that, and uh, you know he appeared in a wide variety of interesting and unusual films, and a lot of like that genre TV that just burns through interesting character actors. He was a lot; he did a lot of parts in those kind of things as well. The film itself um, was reviewed mixed in a way. Um, variety uh, was fairly favourable to it, saying that it was, you know, um, it, that it had strong performances, which it does, and um, that, you know, um, you've, how you feel about the film is very much how you feel about the at the end of the film, which is fair enough. Um, it, the LA Times says, you know, it's, it was called Scary and Atmospheric, would you believe? Um, whereas some other um, reviews kind of criticised it, kind of saying that it was again, you know, yet again, and more of the same kind of stuff, um, which, you know, is hard to, to criticise, really. It's true. Um, the Evil does feature a number of uh, very similar kind of tropes to, you know, haunted house things. It happens to be a little bit more maybe turbocharged, there's more deaths in it than you'd normally find. Um, and then obviously this unusual ending, but if, if that ending falls flat for you, which perfectly acceptable too, to be honest with you, it's such a wild and surprising ending, then you are going to be fairly disappointed. So the film was actually released in the UK in 1982 on the VFO VHS label. Um, it's currently passed on cut 18, but uh, the 82, the 82 was obviously, as we know, seized under the Scene Publications Act, um, but not prosecuted. Um, it was re-released in 87 under the title House of Evil. And now today, 2010, there's a, there's a release of this double build with the Twice Dead on DVD. And if you check on uh, Video On Demand, um, the film is currently available, certainly in the UK, uh, on Amazon Prime. So you can see it in a, in a fairly decent, pristine version, I think. You don't even have to pay for it if you're a Prime member, so that, that's pretty good as well. But yeah, I mean, these deaths, this fairly cynical nature to it, it's violent, it definitely tries to capture the attention, capture the imagination, and does that to, a, to varying degrees. And obviously, at the end, you still get your what-the-fuck moments. So um, yeah, I, I personally, 
actually quite enjoyed it. Thanks very much for listening. Huge apologies for the delays. Um, if you don't listen to, if you're following me on Twitter, you probably don't know what's been going on. Um, so um, I don't know if you know, because uh, the majority of the users who use who listen to the podcast don't go to the website. They just download it from their pod finders, pod feeds, or Spotify or whatever, which is pretty standard stuff, really, to be fair. Um, so I've been able to get away with um, having fairly substandard um server very old cloud-based server um that's been that's been ticking along um not really using enough memory on it uh, and now all my sites have been on that for a while and that's been fine the reason why it's been fine is that the um most of you won't see it um and i can cache all the podcasts and you just pull it out from the cache and not actually interrogating the date space that much um so what that did also mean is that it was a problem for me to upload the data to the website. The website was running so slow that I was starting to get 500 errors. And uh, I think probably if you went onto the website on a fr- on a Saturday or a Sunday, certainly, which is when the majority of the traffic comes in for the site, um, you would have found yourself in a similar boat that it you might it might have been failing. So we moved to a different uh, server. And it was still with the same hosting provider, so you would have thought it would have been all right, but it took. It's took three weeks. It has took three weeks. And um, there's still some, some glitches and glares. And um, it's all fine for, for me from a front end point of view. It just took a bit of time uh, for me from a back end point of view. There's, there's a period when uh, a couple of my sites went down and uh, emails weren't coming, coming, for, coming over for 24 hours and all this stuff. Horrendous. Um, so yeah, that's all done now. So we should be okay. Um, so again, huge apologies for that. Um, after all my uh, talk of you know making sure in this terrible time you'll always get a podcast and then immediately like fucking the entire thing just fucking fell over on me anyway um, with that apology out the way uh, next week we're going to talk about Enter the Devil not Mark of the Devil Enter the Devil so Enter the Devil is a um, 1970s uh, cult horror de- as in cult-ish like devil worship cult horror film um featuring lots of people wearing um hooded gowns being fairly awful to other poor unfortunates it is 100 on youtube uh, just as well because it's hard to get hold of otherwise um if you want to get hold of me though please do my email address at videonassiespodcast at gmail.com you can get me on twitter at underscore monkey or you can leave a message on either of the sites videonassiespodcast.com or thelasthorrorpodcast.com um, or the money pit, as I prefer to call it now. Um, so, uh, until next week, and really hopefully it will be next week, take care, and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye. I have never seen a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. How, how can you judge on a video nasty? Oh, have you never seen one? I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film.